<laughs> Welcome to Live Your Life with Purpose podcast. I am Scott Weiss, and today I am joined with Leanne Smola, uh, and she is a grief coach and owner of Guidance by Lee. So welcome, Leanne. I am certainly, I'm thrilled to have you on. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent, excellent. And so we met about, what was it, like two and a half years ago, two years ago when, um, so I had reached out to your sister and I was starting to talk about my business and she said, hey, you know, um, I want to bring my sister along to join the conversation. Would you be okay with that? Yeah, she <laughs> casually mentioned it uh, while we were laying around her pool, actually. And she said, I don't know if you'd be interested in this. And I thought, are you kidding me? It's right up my alley. Like this guy seems to be right on my same sort of wavelength. And so I was super excited to meet you. Yeah, I mean, we got together at your old stomping ground, a place that you used to own, uh, and we had some coffee, and we just kind of talked a little bit about business and setting down goals and thinking about future and and uh, and all of that stuff. Yeah, I don't know about you, but it's not often that I sort of interact with people that get as jazzed as I do about positivity and sort of living your life on certain terms. And so when I met you, I was jazzed. <laughs> yeah, no, and there's definitely something when you connect with somebody and you start talking about all of these different things and 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 they get it and all of a sudden the, the hair on the back of your neck starts to stand up and it's just like you're feeding off of all of that energy. And it's just like, yeah, yeah we are talking the same language right now. It's amazing. I think that there's a lot of people, um, not to any fault of their own, but they sort of get wrapped up in the minutiae of every day. And so my my outlook and sometimes my excessive amount of positivity, I think can sometimes get under people's skin. <laughs> so when, when I'm able to meet like-minded people um, and start to explore those discussions and sort of the things that have gotten me to the place that I'm in today, yeah. Um, yeah. it's just a really, it's a really cool connection, you know? Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's, uh, yeah. it, it's a, and it's exciting to kind of feed off of those different things and, uh, one of the things that you mentioned um, during that conversation that really sparked my kind of like interest and just, you know, knew that you were somebody that I, you know, kind of wanted to have conversations with is just kind of giving back. And you were talking about how you wanted to open up this at the time of, I don't know if it was like a health center or just something where people could, you know, kind of go and, and, and just be able to, <clears throat> you know, explore all of these different things, but, you know, kind of in a healthy, productive way for themselves. Yeah. My brother in 2014, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, I didn't find a space where I felt sort of supported. And so it wasn't to anyone's fault. I had an amazing support system in friends and family. Um, but what I decided to start doing is I kind of started to develop a business plan and what was going to be called grief relief and wellness. And I wanted this, this one place, sort of the large umbrella where you could walk in in a spa like setting and you could obtain both grief coaching, counseling, one-on-one -on -one sessions, group settings, but also have that wellness aspect tied to it. So mm. where you could obtain massage therapy, yoga, mindfulness sessions, nutrition counseling. And so it was sort of this all in one. Yeah. 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 
which is which is great. And now you're someone on that that journey, you know, for yourself, which is which is amazing. Um, I remember when we first talked, um, and we, you know, we get into some various things, but you had a kind of what like a two to three year kind of strategy when we yes. were first <laughs> sitting down to talk, and and that quickly changed after uh, after our conversations. Um, but I do want to talk to you. I mean, I, I think that we both have experienced, you know, loss, um, you know, you with you losing your brother and, and I've lost, you know, both of my parents at an, at an early age. So we also have that in common that, you know, and it's amazing how the more people that you meet who you don't have a lot of commonality with, all of a sudden, the more that you start talking and engaging in conversations, you find that you have a tremendous amount of things in common with, with people that you really wouldn't even realize unless you started to have some conversations, right? And, and, uh, and so I think that, you know, having a significant loss, which is something that has driven both of us, um, you know, is something that I would have never have known <laughs> about you unless, you know, your sister, you know, kind of brought you to that meeting. Um, and it's great to, to have those places and those, and to connect because just like you said, it, our journeys get very lonely at times. And one of the best things about it is that it doesn't have to be, right? Like there are lots of people going through lots of different things and it's just a matter of being able to connect those people. Yeah, it's once you start to have those conversations and you sort of start to peel the layers off of the onion, right? Then you build that rapport with people and you uncover that, holy smokes, like, I didn't think I maybe had anything in common with this person, but as a matter of fact, like, I have all of these things in common, or even if it's just a handful of things, and I think that people's ability to sort of open up is, can be really a gift in a way, because mm -hmm. once you're able to start to share the experiences that you've had in life, then you're able to make those types of connections, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And so, you know, just kind of going back to then that journey, I mean, in, in having lost your brother, um, maybe you could just kind of tell me a little bit about that whole, you know, kind of story, that journey for yourself. I, I, I believe you, you were saying that you and your brother were extremely close. Yeah, definitely. Um, he was 13 months younger than me. So people would say we were Irish twins. Um, <laughs> and we have a sister who is nine years older than me. And we were super close as a family. I mean, um, you know, but growing up our childhood, him and I did everything together. Um, and we had a super cool childhood, like a great neighborhood filled with kids and another family we were really, really close to. Um, but we, we sort of lived this parallel life. So we had our amazing childhood um, filled with phenomenal memories that I still think about every single day, you know, um, but as we aged, we ran with the same circle of friends, you know, we worked at the same company, um, we vacationed together, we partied together, we, we, we lived together, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, our, and our family did, we, we were sort of the family to be, uh, people would say all the time to us, can you, can the muses adopt us? And we were like, sure, <laughs> you know, come on board, <laughs> jump, jump on board. Um, and so I have an amazing amount of, I mean, years and years and years of, of good things to remember him by. Um, and then sadly, things kind of took a turn for the worst around our late 20s. Um, and he fell into addiction. 
um, which is nutty to think about because because we ran parallel paths. Like if anyone said to me, you know, your brother would become addicted to drugs and ultimately pass away as a result of it, I would tell them they were out of their minds, right? Like yeah, because it was just hard to believe. It, it just we were so similar. How could how could this happen this way, but yet not, you know, yeah. But not, yeah, it was it was nuts. And so it was years of I tell people for anyone who who deals with someone who is an addict, um, you sort of not sort of you lose the person before you even physically lose the person um, because they become someone that you don't even recognize anymore. And so it was years of that where he was doing things and acting out in ways that I, I didn't even recognize the person that he was. And that was so I, I sort of started my grief process before I physically lost him. And you know, there were there were multiple instances of overdoses. And so the the turmoil that my family and his friends went through was it was significant. And I didn't even realize at the time how much of an effect that had on me. Like I I sort of just continued to operate. Yep. Right? And yep. like you just kind of plow through life and you're like, well, this is what you know the the hand that has been dealt and and we'll figure it out. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then Sadly, um, you know, 2014 was a crazy year. I lost a grandfather in January, a grandmother in July, and then my brother Christopher the first week of August. And um, mm -hmm. it was it was devastating. Yeah. It was devastating. Yeah, 100%. And that's, yeah. uh, you know, you said a couple of different things, you know, kind of grieving before, you know, even that person, just because of all of those those different stages and, and kind of losing somebody, even though you haven't really lost somebody, um, which was exactly the same type of scenario of having my mother pass from Alzheimer's is every year I saw a slower and slower decline of what she was able to do. And, you know, kind of three years into it, she could no longer say my name. Um, and it got to the point where you know, it was really, it got to be almost poetic in a weird way because <clears throat> it's not often in life that you're able to go 360 full circle with somebody. And for my mother taking care of me when from a baby and kind of raising me and doing all of that to then me then giving that same thing back to my mom, that comfort, yeah. that security. And really having to do those same things for an adult that you know as 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 i was as a baby like she depended upon me and my wife and my sister for life you know and through that process at the end of that even though i had started to go through therapy i'd really i had lost myself in this process because i i became this other person and then after reflecting afterwards it was just like who am I? What do I want for myself? What do I, you know, what am I, what have I done? Am I proud of all of that? Am I not proud of, of, of the things? And, and, and then putting a plan in place to then be able to, you know, kind of be that individual. Um, but one thing that I also really want to talk about that really kind of hit home for me was that when I was 17, I lost my father to a very rare form of cancer. He was diagnosed in November as having a stroke because the left side of his face, you know, started to, uh, to droop. Um, and then he passed away in January. And so it was a very quick, uh, you know, kind of thing. 
come to find out that he had a rare form of cancer that started in his lungs and kind of went up into his brain, which is why, you know, they thought that he had a stroke. But as a male, as a, as a 17 year old kid, um, uh, you know, I never did anything to deal with that loss. And so I was sharing with you a little earlier that <clears throat> one of the tragic things throughout is that my way of dealing with that was to kind of shut things down and not allow myself to kind of love or be loved by anybody else other than anybody that I had already given that love for because I no longer wanted to get hurt in that same capacity. Um, and that's where I think with, you know, with what you're doing, it's a remarkable gift to be able to give back to somebody because I certainly could have used <laughs> that. And so anybody who is going through anything, I think that having somebody to talk to and deal with that grief is an amazing thing. Um, whether you're female, male, you know, regardless of your age, I think that it always helps to talk to a third party objectives to, to try to you know, get a handle on who you are and, and, and what you want for yourself and to get that objective view. So how does that resonate? I mean, I'm sure you, 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 you talk to probably some guys that don't want to do this and don't believe it and things like that. Yeah, there's probably about five ways I could go with this, but I, I think <laughs> one is um, I also lost myself um, you know, you, you sort of go into fight or flight after these yep. things happen and you're operating as a robot. Like you, you're, it's the way your body protects you. Right. And, yep. and so, but you're in shock and you, I think looking back at it, you, you know, you, it's very easy to lose yourself because you're, you're the wave of emotion that's hitting you. We've never prepared for that in life because nobody has ever taught us how to do that. Yeah. And there's really no guidebook, right? Yeah. And, and regardless of the fact, like loss is going to happen and it's sad, but it's going to happen. And we just don't, we don't know what to do. Right. And so um, I think though, for men, boys or men, um, that stereotype is really, it's really true. Like we just expect, you know, like toughen up, come on, buddy. Like, you know, it's time to pull your bootstraps up and, and get back on and you're, you know, let's deal and deal with it. And, and that's very sad. And it's something that we have to break down. Like yeah. boys and men have all of the right to grieve the same as women do and and the need to and so it's crazy. my wife will tell you that i'm a lot more emotional than she is <laughs> i would say my husband is also yeah, yeah when, it, when um, you know when a hallmark you know uh, uh uh you know commercial comes on i'm the one she's like are you are you tearing up and i'm like no 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 i'm good you know yeah isn't so. it the nuttiest thing scott that even that like why do we look at that as almost like a sign of weakness right like yeah. men men cry and men have emotion and like, to the guy it's Okay, I own it now. I yeah, didn't used to, right. you know, but yeah. but it is um it's very, very important. And I and I think that to make sure that people know that they have a space where they can connect with people yeah. who can help guide them in this journey, right? Whether it be me or somebody else out there, there are there are so many people that have dedicated their life to helping yeah. people in this space. And so it's it's very, very important. And, and, and that's it. And, and people who go into this really, they go into it because there's something that they want to give to other people, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this is not a selfish thing that anybody is looking for. It's like, I am here because 
you know, I didn't necessarily deal with things the right way. And I want to help people do that so that they don't have to necessarily go through what I went through. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think about the last six and a half years and the journey that I've traveled. And if I can save people that journey and give them or, least, sort of, or maybe some of the time, right? Because yeah, that's they exactly may go through the same say. journey. Like, okay, you still have to go through all of those steps and you still have to learn those things. Yeah. But if it only takes you a year to have to process all of that, isn't that better than six and a half to kind of That's figure it out on your own and feel all of the struggles and the emotions and all of those different things that you don't necessarily have to. You don't have yeah. to feel isolated and neglected or, you know, however you feel. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say. I, if, it, if it can save time and, and anything that I can share that I've learned along the way, people, you know, it's not a one size fits all thing. And I say that to my clients all the time. Some of the things that I might share on, on your guide and journey of healing may help. And some of them you might, you know, have to put in a back pocket somewhere because it might not be applicable or it may be something that just doesn't suit you. Yeah, However, yeah there are things that you are going to learn that will, that will help you along the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. And and then certainly kind of making that transition, kind of going back to when we first started talking, you know, you had kind of this two to three year plan laid out for yourself, right? It did. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the end of three months, what happened? Yeah, it did not last two to three years. <laughs> it did not. Um, it, it's interesting with the business plan as the you know grief relief and wellness center. I could never figure out how I was going to play a part in that. Mm-hmm. And then, ironically, I don't ever believe that anything happens by coincidence. Um, but in 2020, on my birthday, I sat on my porch with my laptop and started to work on my business plan the way I had a thousand times before that. And I came across um, grief coaching, which I had never in all of my research come across. I didn't even know that it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And I had already made the determination that I wasn't going to go down the clinical route. Um, yeah. and, and we don't have to get into that. It just wasn't something that was suited yeah. for me. Yeah. And So I came across grief coaching and not only did I come across it, but I came across, um, I believe in signs. And so there, the page that I looked at happened to have a red dragonfly on it. And I believe wholeheartedly um, that red dragonflies happened to be a sign for my brother. So um, this program I stumbled across, um, the director and I connected and we were on the phone for literally over an hour. Um, And in my heart and soul, Scott, I knew like this was what I needed to do. Yeah. And so I went through the program, which only, you know, enhanced my skill set that much more from what I had already gone through personally and all of the, the work that I had put in personally. Um, and then, you know, things just things just fell into place in the time that they needed to fall into place. And I remember somebody saying to me, you know, this might happen a lot sooner than you think that it's going to. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 two to three years. <laughs> um, but yeah, in, in you know, in October of 2020, I launched Guidance by Lay. Which is fantastic. And it's so, you know, yeah. and it's great to, you know, you have all of these things, but it's, you know, there's a Steve Harvey kind of quote that I, he always says, and, you know, I'm a big fan. He's, he's, he's a funny guy, but oh, he's always that. just like, at some point you have to take a leap, right? Like you have to jump 
and there's no safety net and there's no kind of catch. And, you know, the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is, is that everyone has that same anxiety, but to a, just, just to a different level. I felt it when I, when I decided to do it, it's, it's, it is this like, oh boy, here we go. But when you have belief and you have passion about something, then it can't be wrong, right? Like it's, it's one of those things where you, you figure out a way regardless. And, and I think that that's the fun thing. We have this ability and within ourselves to figure out a way and not take the easy route if, if, if we tell ourselves that, you know, we're not going to take an easy route. And an example yesterday would be, I, I rode 100K, uh, I did 100K row yesterday, <clears throat> and which was, turns out to be about almost two and a half marathons. <laughs> and there were a lot of different points along that time that I was like, I don't know if I can do this any longer. But then, you know, you always have that kind of why in the back of your mind. Why are you doing anything? What are you doing this for? And it's amazing how you then can say, okay, well, let me just do another five meters or 5,000 meters. I can do 5,000 meters. And then you break it down and even further sometimes. And I got to be like, okay, every 2,500 meters, I had to get off and roll and, you know, use a massage gun on my back. But then I got to like the last 10,000 meters. It was just like, I'm almost done. And, but that's where I think that it's an amazing experience to kind of connect with people and talk to people because there are lots of people who push through a lot of those different adversities, but they all have a lot of anxiety. They have a lot of fear, but people don't see those anxieties or fear. They only see kind of, oh, somebody did that. Well, yeah, that's just her. Well, it might be just you, but there's also a lot that comes with that, right? Yeah, that's actually, it's great to talk about. First of all, I applaud you for rowing that. That's incredibly <laughs> amazing. I will tell you, I did a 500 meter row for time at the gym the other night and my lungs were burning. <laughs> so the fact that you did two marathons, <laughs> hats off to you, my friend. No, it was, um, uh, it was good. <laughs> amazing. I think um, it's important it's important to talk about this. You know, I, I had a really successful career in healthcare administration and that's where, what I had dedicated my life to if professionally for years and years, you know, and I think that there are people out there probably still till this day that go, is she out of her mind? Like mm -hmm. you don't walk away from where I was job and, to, you know, oh, you know become benefits. a grief coach. Like what is she thinking? And I think it's all about how you individually define success, yeah. right? And, and that's what it's about for me because my passion in life is not healthcare administration. My passion in life is to help other people in a space of grieving and loss. Yeah. And so it's not about a monetary win for me. Do I think that at a point that's going to come and I'm going to be okay and I'll be able to take care of my family. Heck yeah, I do because I believe in myself. And not mm -hmm. only that, to your point, I will do whatever it takes to get there while I'm doing what my life's purpose is, right? Definitely. And so it's, it's, it's a grind and it's mm -hmm. not about just doors opening up for us. It's about 
all of the hard work that we put in to network with the people that we network with, to share our stories with the people that we share our stories with, and to put ourselves out there, right? And that, yeah. and just being able to do that, Scott, is really hard for some people. Totally, it, it, it totally is, but it's a, it, that fear and anxiety is very real. Like I think, holy smokes, like, I still have it at times for different yeah, things. Like, oh just even God. watching this podcast, it took me forever to get this off the ground because I just had that fear of taking that first step. Once yeah. I took that first step and put that first one out there, all of a sudden, you know, you should have seen my wife. Like I was like, oh, here's what we're going to do. Like it was like, okay, I got past that and now I'm ready for the rest. But that first step sometimes takes a while for people. Yeah. And you know what I think happens when you're able to break through that, you get into your creative mind and then you're like, it's almost like endless opportunity. You're yeah. all like, you this, feel <laughs> physical, literally you have a physical reaction of like yeah. goodness and you're, you're going a thousand miles an hour, but yeah. you do have to be able to take that first step. And that's, I think what can be really, really challenging for people. And it is very, very scary. But if you believe in yourself and you're passionate enough about what you are doing, then there is no failure, yeah. right? It's just not an option. I often realize that just having the business, even in a downturn, you know, it's a the tremendous impact that it has on a lot of people, but you, you, you come out of it and you think, okay, well, how can I still survive through this? Because I know that I can continue to evolve. And, and it's important for, I, I think that people realize that we have this ability to evolve. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. People, you can't write a business plan and have everything set in stone because if you do, then quite frankly, it's probably most likely not gonna work, right? Like you have to be able to forever pivot and adapt because our conditions around us are forever changing. Forever and changing. So the only thing that you can do is change how you react mm -hmm. to those conditions, right? Yeah. And yeah. you have the ability to take control over, over it at any point in time yeah. and figure out how you're, again, going to pivot and what your avenue is going to be. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I know we can we can talk for hours, but before before we start to <laughs> to to kind of wrap up, um, there was one thing that you kind of talked about that I really want to focus on because uh, it's really all that I kind of uh, um, um, work on for myself and help people with is is passions. And you know, you have a passion, and so how did? And I'm sure just like everything else, right? Like. You didn't have this passion before, but you had a life event that led you to develop a new passion in life. And so I was always somebody that gave a lot, right? Like I would, I'm just, just that, you know, kind of nature where, you know, I'm always helping or, or whatever you're a giver. But after taking care of my mother, that passion and that purpose took on a whole nother meaning. And so maybe you can just kind of talk about your passions and how this evolved for you. Yeah, I was always a caregiver. I always cared um, for other people. Um, but I think that in losing Christopher, I, I hit really the most difficult part of my life. And I was in a really, really bad space. And I never, 
Like I wouldn't wish that space on anyone. And so I think that it just dawned on me that I, it, it needed to become my purpose to figure out how I could help others get through that space. And I don't, you know, it's tough because I, I coach people a lot, right? And we talk about what's your passion. And sometimes people say, I don't know, I don't know what my passion is, right? And, and I don't know about you, I'd, I'd like to actually have this conversation with you because it's, I can't tell anybody what their passion is, right? Okay. And so, and so we have to start to sort of peel those onion layers back to figure mm -hmm. out what it is. But I, I do think that life occurrences for people and whether it be a severe state of pain or a severe state of almost the opposite of that, like joy, joy. And, and gratitude and, yeah. and goodness and positivity, whatever it is, I almost do feel like it is one of those ends of the spectrum that yeah. you can kind of pull from. Yeah, you know, and and when for me, I didn't really know what my passions were. Um, I didn't really, I never really defined things for myself, you know, growing up. And so before I started journaling, um, I kind of had this vague sense of kind of who I was and my definitions of success and really kind of floated along. I never really had that definition or gave that to myself. Um, but after my mom passed, I was, when I was lost, I was like, well, I, I determined that I was going to, to take some time and focus on me. I've, I've spent my entire life focusing and making other people happy, but I never took time to understand and make myself happy. So you know, I'm still a giver and I always had all of that, but it was going to be time for me to do that. And, and whenever I looked in blank pages, I never really understood kind of what to do with that. So I started to give myself like, okay, well, what are the things that make the hair on the back of my neck stand up? <clears throat> what do I do with those ideas? What do I do with those thoughts? And I started to write them down. I started to figure out how they were going to come into my life. If I wanted them in my life, maybe I didn't, I don't know but I needed to kind of understand that so that I could begin that process. And so slowly but surely, you know, I found things that gave me a lot of enjoyment. I found things that gave me the passions that I was looking for. Um, and it still always kind of comes back to helping people um, mm -hmm. in a variety of different ways. And so um, again, this podcast comes from the fact of just being able to connect with people and help them understand that, you know, we're not all in the same boat, but we're in the same place. And we, you know, have the ability to take wherever we are in life and, and determine what's best for us and what's best determine what our priorities are, what, what, what drives us, what could be our passions and then explore them and find them. And then, you know, give that back to the world. So, yeah, I like that exploration part of what you said in that yeah. I think that there's things that, everybody has a strong skill set, right? And there's things that they're really good at, but it's almost combining, okay, what are the things that I'm really good at? And also what are those things that bring me joy? And, and then doing that deep dive exploration into like, okay, well, what could I make of this? Like, I think about my days in, in corporate and how I was literally 
acting as a coach on a daily basis. And people would crack up because people would come into my office and I would give them advice and I'd sort of help them through their troubles. And they would laugh and say, I should have like the Lucy five. (laughs) Yeah. The five cents. Yeah. Like Charlie Brown. And, and in hindsight, thinking about it, it's like, well, yeah, if I, if I put time and thought and energy into, I loved to do that. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Like, okay, what could I do with that skill set and, and, and discover my passion and ultimately what my journey is in life. And, and that's what I'm doing now. But unless you put the energy into exploring it, you, you kind of, you kind of lose it and you sort of get caught up again in your sort of rat race of life. Right. That's it. And, and, and not only folks, like, I love you kind of touched upon this a little bit, you know, in our corporate worlds, reviews kind of come around and what are they focused on? What are you going to do differently next year? Or how can you build yourself as an individual type of a thing? And so you focus on, you know, some things that you did well. And so here's what I want you to work on, you know, which is great. I love it. But we all know, I know things where I have deficiencies and all of that, but what really started to spark for me was when I started to focus on the things that I was really good at, the things that brought me joy, the things that I knew that I did well, and then run with those ideas instead of trying to always fix these things that I don't do well. I may never do those well. And that's okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, uh, but I think that that's, we're not often, you know, kind of exposed to that, which is again, you know, to have a supportive person whoever it may be to talk to and to, and to help you explore those different parts, I think is fantastic. Yeah, it is fantastic. We can't all be great at everything we do, right? We're human and we have strengths and we have, I don't even call them weaknesses, you know? Yeah. It's just things that we are not super strong in and, and that's okay. But like find what those strengths are and then keep running with them. Well, and that's, so one of my true beliefs is that, you know, we, we are all here for a purpose, for a reason that we all have something special inside. But if I kept working towards what you felt was, was, was good for me, then guess what? I never find what my special thing is. And so <laughs> when we focus on what we do well, what ignites our passions, we find that special thing that we're, that we have, that we're supposed to explore and develop and then give back yeah and i like people to consider right you you can't just up and leave your job tomorrow because oh wow i found that i have a passion for painting and i'm going to become a professional painter right exactly part of it is is being prepared so keep keep your nine to five right but but set aside time during your week to develop that passion and work on the side to do that because the more that you put time and commitment into that into that passion, it, it will start to manifest itself. But that's really, really important. And I think what happens is we get so wrapped up in our nine to five and we're so exhausted and we're so tired because there's so much on all of our plates that we kind of put that up on a shelf yeah. and we don't pull it down. And it's like, it's so important for people to hear that message. Like you have to pull it down and you have to make time in your week to commit to it. Well, all of those things, when you're not mindfully making these choices, they drain your energy, right? Because you're focusing on other people's priorities. 
when you when you start to think about your priorities and your passions, you still, yeah, you still have that nine to five job and it's still maybe a, a frustrating part, but then you get energy again from doing the things that that drive you. And so that's what the balance is. And it's yeah. still still time consuming. Everyone's gonna always have a busy life. That's never gonna change. But it's just what are you doing with all of that time? Yeah, carving out that time for you and what and what jazzes your soul is critically important to be part of your day. It's amazing. Because nobody more important than yourself. Because what, you right. what do you have to give to the world if you are not fulfilling what your needs are? I, I tell people all the time, you know, I gave my mother everything that I have or I had, but I was not at 100%. So guess what? I didn't have 100% to give. And so, you know, when you focus on yourself, people see the selfishness and all of that other stuff. Focus on you so that you can be the best version for everybody else. That's right. You know, don't put yourself on the back burner. You're too important. Oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Leanne, this has been fantastic. I want to, I truly appreciate your time. I, uh, I thank you for being a guest on Live Your Life with, with Purpose podcast. Um, and I look forward to all of our, uh, amazing conversations in the future. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Excellent. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care. Peace. Bye.